Ecclesiastes chapter number 8 tonight, and we're going to get uh, back into our series we've been covering, uh, making courageous decisions, and uh, so we're, we're talking about uh, how God is working, and so tonight, look at Ecclesiastes chapter 8, a couple verses, and we'll kind of look at the entire chapter tonight, but look at verse 16 and 17, the last two verses, and the writer writes, when I applied mine heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done upon the earth, for there is that neither day nor night sleep, uh, seeth sleep with his eyes. Then I beheld all the work of God, that a man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun, because though a man labor to seek it out, yet he shall not find it, yea, farther Though a wise man think to know it, yet shall he not be able to find it. Now, sometimes you read something like that and you think, well, then what's the use? Well, I'm glad you asked that because I think the Word of God tonight will speak for itself as we get into this study. But I've entitled this lesson tonight, Surrender to the Sovereignty of God. We have a sovereign God that, that is busy in the affairs of man. God knows everything about us, but... When you look at this, and of course Solomon, uh, we believe, is the writer here, and like many, what Solomon was trying to do, and I think every one of us can see ourselves in this, is that Solomon was desperately trying to figure out how things were working in his life. In other words, he was trying to make things work his way. And that's what we try to do a lot of times is, listen, if I can just figure this out, if I can just make this work the way I want it to, then everything would be good. But here's what he realized was he was not in control. He realized as much as he tried, it drove him crazy thinking, you know, look, I thought I had my life under control, but yet he did not. See, we all try to convince ourselves that we're capable of being sovereign in our own lives. In other words, that I am in control. Now, a lot of times I plan, I prepare, uh, I've got things that I write down, and in many, many uh, things I go through on a daily basis, but when I think about every day of my life, really very few days, the entire day goes exactly the way that I planned it. And then I realize, well, I, ultimately, I am not the one in control of my life. And, and so we need to think about this. Now, when that happens, when things don't go the way we plan them to go, what we do is we tend to fight against the things that we can't control. We, we get uh, bent out of shape. We get, uh, there's a lot of anxiety when things don't go the way that we expect them to. And, and the, the only sensible alternative when we feel that things are out of control is, is that our sensible alternative is we have to yield to whatever it is that has happened in our lives on that particular day and learn to embrace those things that come into our lives. Now, again, I think it's kind of exciting because so many things have happened in my life that had God not allowed them, had God not brought them into my life, I would have never known them. I would have never embraced them. Many of those things are now a part of my life. And I'm glad for those times, but we have to learn to embrace it. Somebody said, you will either live your life contented or contending. Now think about that. You will either be content with the life that you have, 
or you'll always be fighting. You'll always be uh, not have rest in your soul and in your spirit. Now, what's going around you, honestly, is not what the problem is. And that's what we tend to think is the circumstances in our lives. What's going on around me is the problem. The truth is it's not what's going on around me that's the problem. It's what's going on within me that's the problem. Many times it's an inner turmoil that's going on in our lives. And this is what Solomon is teaching us here in in Ecclesiastes chapter number 8. He's teaching us that there is sweetness in surrendering our lives to God. Now, many times we want to be in control. But look, it didn't take me many years after right now. I'm not going to say I do it all the time, every day. But I, I have found early on in my Christian life that God can do much better with my life than I can. The Lord seems to know how to handle things way better than I can. Now, I know a lot of times when we see something like this right here, we all kind of know what this is, right? You know, if you're a husband, you, you know what this flag is, right? You know, many times I've had to use, a, not, not this one, I made this one, you know, I got expensive here, this is a napkin, all right? But listen, waving the white flag is something that I think all of us need to learn how to do. And so what Solomon gives us here in this chapter is, and he's just walking through things, we talked about wisdom last week, what he's talking about here is things that you and I need to surrender, all right? Look at the first one tonight, is we need to surrender to unquestionables, to unquestionables. Now, what's an unquestionable? This is something that is is indisputable. In other words, it's something that is sure. In other words, like God's word. Here's a great example. God's word is absolute. You know, there's there's no question. I talked to a lady today, and I was trying to. She was she honestly was wanting to take a step in her life as a Christian. And when she came, I started asking her questions. And I, I never, listen, honestly, people are all over the place in their lives where they are spiritually. And what I was trying to do, like any other soul winning call or anything like that, is try to figure out where somebody is spiritually and then try to, try to find out where they are and then go from there. And that's what Jesus did with the woman at the well. And so I was trying to help this woman and when I asked her who Jesus was and she couldn't answer me, I, I knew that I had to kind of go back to the beginning. And, and look, the one thing is I wasn't interested in giving her what I thought. I was interested in giving her what the Word of God has to say. The only thing that's going to help her or me or anyone in this world is things that are unquestionable. Now, many will question God's Word, but God's Word is sure, the Bible says. And we have a, a more sure word of prophecy. So here's what I think about when I think about these unquestionables. Look in verses 1 through 4 in this chapter, and here's what the writer writes. He says, Who is as the wise man who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. I counsel thee to keep the king's commandment, and that in regard of the oath of God... Be not hasty to go out of his sight, stand not in an evil thing, for he doeth whatsoever pleaseth him. Where the word of a king is, there is power, and who may say unto him, What doest thou? 
Now, again, it's talking about things that are unquestionable. What God is liking himself to here is, is that God is sovereign, and the, the, the truth is God owes us no answers. Matter of fact, we need to come to the conclusion God knows all the answers. When people ask me things just on a weekly basis, here's what I say to them is, look, if you want the answer to that, it's in the book. All right. Now, a lot of times people don't know where to look, and that's where a church would come in just trying to help people. But when life seems to spiral out of control, and that's what many of us, some of you may have experienced this week, feeling like your life's just in a tailspin, God's sovereignty, honestly, many times in my life, has been a major source of peace and comfort to me that God is in control, and we need to surrender to the Lord's control. Look what Peter writes, casting all your care upon him, all your care, for he careth for you. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're experiencing, if your life is, is out of control, cast all your care upon him. Our burdens can be made lighter when we place them upon a Lord, a God who is stronger. Look what the Bible says here. You should know these verses, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what we need to do is rest in, the, in this fact of accepting things as God has ordered them. Let me say that again. We need to accept things as God has ordered them. Now, again, God's ways are not our ways. But, folks, we need to surrender to the unquestionables, the things that God has settled many, many, many years ago. And if we would do that, listen, our lives would be much better. Look at, secondly, another thing we need to surrender to is unavoidables. Surrender to unavoidables. Now, something that is unavoidable is something that's inevitable. <laughs> uh, like, for instance, the other day, we were sitting in a traffic light on Pines Boulevard, and it, the streets were wet, it was raining, and people do not know how to drive when it rains. And I was looking across uh, on the other side of Pines at the stoplight, same stoplight we were sitting at, and there were three or four cars that were sitting there. They were going nowhere. And I watched this, y'all know those armored cars, trucks that go around and collect money from businesses? They're huge. And I was watching because I saw this armored car coming down, and I could tell that guy's going too fast. And to me, it was like, it's inevitable that guy is going to hit the car, and that's exactly what happened. I saw the car, I saw that, that armored truck kind of like this. And, and then I saw the, the driver get out. I saw the person in the car get out. And I thought, boy, out of all the vehicles, I don't think I, there is a vehicle I'd want to hit my car, but that's definitely not one of them right there. You know, slammed into the back of this. I was glad everybody was okay. But here's the thing is, is some things are inevitable. They're unavoidable. Look what it says in verse number five of chapter eight. Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing. And a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment, because to every purpose there is time and judgment. Therefore the misery of man is great upon him, for he knoweth not that which shall be, for who can tell him 
when it shall be. There is no man that hath power over the Spirit to retain the Spirit, neither hath he power in the day of death, and there is no discharge in that war, neither shall wickedness deliver those that are given to it. So he's talking about these unavoidables, the unavoidables of life. Here's, listen, this is what they ought to do. These are things that are inevitable, all right? They're unavoidable. Now watch this. Here's, instead of those things uh, hurting us or putting us into a tailspin, let the unavoidable things, Solomon is saying, let them drive you closer to God. Think about this. Jesus was about to go to the cross. He was on his way to Calvary. There was very little time left. He did not come to this earth to stay, but he gathered a, a group of disciples around him. He began to teach them. But look, there were many times he tried to help them understand, look, I am going away. So you come to John 14, and guess what? He sits down with them, and look what he says to them. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said, and here it is, I am the way. There's no other way. He says, I'm the truth. And he's, look here, life comes from God. I am the life. He says, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So when you think about this, here's, that, that was an unavoidable Jesus could not have gone around the cross. You, you with me tonight? And so what, what the disciples needed to understand, and we need to understand, is when difficulties come into life and things are unavoidable, instead of push, those things pushing us away from God, we need to surrender to those things and say, look, God, I want this to help me to get closer to you and not get farther away from you. Now, I want to give you a couple things here real quick. Four unavoidables that all of us have to face. I think you'll see these. It's pretty clear if you're, if you're among the living tonight, all right? Here's the first one. He's talking about the unslowing, irreversible passing of time. I mean, you think about it. I mean, folks, uh, time is, is just fleeting by. And yet you think about how the, the, the saved, those of us that know Christ as our Savior, you know what we have? We have the security and we have the hope of heaven one day. Now, it's unavoidable. Uh, time is going to pass. No one is going to live forever, all right? So that's an unavoidable. And what we need to do is, because we are saved, and we know the unavoidable, then what, what should we do? Enjoy this life that God's given to us. And, and look, we have a greater life to look forward to someday. So that's one unavoidable. Look at the second one. The unstoppable eternal purpose of God. You can't stop. God's purpose for your life or God's plan for all of mankind. He set it into motion. Look, the Bible says that Jesus was the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. And what we need to see is that the, the eternal purpose of God is, is going to happen. Now, we, we might chase our dreams, but oftentimes when we chase our dreams, here's what happens. We're disappointed because things don't turn out. Now listen, I'm not saying tonight don't dream. I think we should dream big for God. 
But here's what I see is, is that our dreams, what they should do is they should point us to fulfill, fulfilling God's fulfilling dreams for our lives. And so, you know, one thing that is inevitable is that the time is going to pass. The purpose of God cannot be stopped. Let her see the unpredictable certainty of death. We've even seen this recently. You know, all of us, unless the Lord comes back, we will step through death's door. I, I love Paul's attitude when he was alive on this earth because Paul said, whether I live, I live unto Christ. Whether I die, I die for the Lord. You know, to, for me to die is gain, he said. And, and I think about that because every one of us, whether we live or die, guess where we're going? We're going to heaven. I mean, people are going to threaten you with what? They're going to threaten you with heaven? You know, I, I mean, that's not a bad thing. But here's what we need to see is, is that one of the unavoidables is the passing of time. Another one is the eternal purpose of God. Another one is the certainty of death. And look at the last one, the, fin the finality of full and ultimate accountability to God. Every one of us is going to be accountable to God someday. The Bible tells us that we will all stand before the Lord. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. And because the Lord absorbed our judgment, and that's what he did on the cross, we have nothing to fear, folks. Look what the Bible says here in 2 Corinthians 5, for he, God, hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Look, I love the fact that when I look at the scriptures, I am so encouraged. You know why? Because Jesus volunteered to stand in my place. He that was without sin. The Bible says he laid his life down. No one took it from him. He had the power to lay it down. He had the power to take it up. And here's what Isaiah wrote. Look, at you know the verse. All we like sheep, we've gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid upon him the iniquity of us all. That was our sin on him, folks. And, and when I think about it, look, all of us are going to be accountable to the Lord one day, but only Jesus' sinless life is the, the life, the lamb that could be accepted by a holy God. That's what we see in, look at 1 John 2, 2. The Bible says He, Jesus, is the propitiation for our sins. Uh, only Jesus could have satisfied a just and holy God. And that's, that's what the Bible is saying here, that he, he is the mercy seat for us. And the Bible says not ours only, but also uh, the sins of the whole world. So these are unavoidables. They're things, look, folks, we can't get around these things. And again, what we need to see is that these unavoidables should bring us closer to God. Uh, look, folks, the closer you get to heaven, you should be getting closer to God. Uh, you, you start to think about uh, one day you're going to be accountable for your life, and it ought, it ought to really be putting things into perspective. And so it's so important that we see that we need to surrender to the unavoidables. Look at number three, another thing, we need to surrender to uncontrollables. Surrender to uncontrollables. Wave that flag to uncontrollables. These are things that, that we as humans are not able to control. We're incapable of controlling these things. Go back to chapter number 8, look at verse number 9. The Bible says here, All this have I seen and applied my heart unto every work that is done under the sun. There is a time wherein one man ruleth over another to his own hurt, 
And so I saw the wicked buried who had come and gone from the place of the holy, and they were forgotten in the city where they had so done. This also is vanity, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Though a sinner do evil an hundred times, and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. But it shall not be well with the wicked, neither shall he, uh, he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he feareth not before God. Now here's what he's saying is, is he's talking about these uncontrollables. He's talking about sin in this world. Uh, we saw an example, again, the Las Vegas shooting this, this past week in these last couple days. And the sin problem on the earth, folks, it's bigger than we can understand. You know, a lot of times people want to say, it's the guns, it's this, it's that. No, folks, it's sin. It's a sin problem. Man has had it since the garden. And what God wants us to know here is, listen, people misinterpret many times because they try to think like God and man cannot think like God. God's ways are higher. But I want you to see here that Solomon's trying to help us understand that God's long-suffering, and that's what God has been, especially to America, that God's long-suffering is not a lack of compassion. It doesn't mean that God doesn't care. But what we need to see is that God will deal with things, but here's the key, in His time. Now, we don't know when that is, but one thing is for sure. God is going to deal with these things, and God sees the beginning from the end. And you know what we see? We just see little fragments. Here's a great example. A lot of us understand this. When we see the news, we see what the media lets us see. We don't see the whole picture. And guess what happens in life is we don't see the whole picture. We see fragments of things, but yet God sees the beginning from the end. God knows it all. And look what Isaiah said, say ye to the righteous that it shall be well with him for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Woe unto the wicked. It shall be ill with him for the reward of his hands shall be given him. Folks, do you see what Isaiah was saying? Isaiah was saying that God's justice and God's judgment will come. That's what he's saying there. Uh, look at Acts 17, 31. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. Who's he talking about? Who did he raise from the dead? Jesus, right? The judge of all the world. Judgment has been placed. And so what we've got to do is trust God in this matter of resting in our surrender to the goodness of God, but listen, also the justice of God. God is going to deal with those things. And what look, we may not understand it, but again, we are not God. We don't, we don't understand the whole picture, but we must surrender to those things. And then look at the fourth one. We need to surrender to unanswerables. Surrender to unanswerables. Wave the flag to those things that there's no known answer. Listen, I, I wish I could tell you how many times that somebody says, Hey, pastor, I was reading in the Bible today. 
And I came across this, and I'd like to know uh, the answer to this. And, th and they'll share it with me, and I'll look at them, and I'll say, I don't have a clue. And they look at me like, you're a pastor. You're supposed to know everything. You know, but the reality is I've known some men who have, who have lived in this book for 60, 65, 70 years and still many times do not have a full answer. They can point somebody in a direction. They could share some uh, verses of comfort. But again, look, folks, sometimes things are unanswerable. Go back to verse 14. Look at this. There, there is vanity. And you understand the word vanity means empty, right? Void. Uh, and he says, there is vanity which is done upon the earth, that there be just men unto whom it happeneth according to the work of the wicked. Again, there be wicked men to whom it happeneth according to the work of the righteous. I said that this also is vanity. Then I commended mirth. Uh, interesting word there. Because a man hath no better thing under the sun than to eat and to drink and to be merry. For that shall abide with him of his labor the days of his life, which God giveth him under the sun. When I applied my heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done upon the earth, he says, for also there is that neither day nor night see asleep with his eyes. Then I beheld all the work of God. Notice the work of God. That a man cannot find out the work that is done un under the sun, because though a man labor to seek it out, Yet shall he not find it, yea, farther, though a wise man think to know it, yet shall he not be able to find it. So here's what he's saying is, is that when you look at the whole scheme of things here, Solomon's saying, look, sometimes I, I just accept the fact that I don't have the answers. I've looked, I've tried to use uh, the wisdom that I have from God, and so he accepts this. Now what's interesting, listen now, I hope you don't miss this is even though he doesn't know the answers, you don't see this man wallowing around. You don't see him in despair. Matter of fact, you see him refreshed. Now, how is that possible? Because he may not have found the answers he was looking for, but he found something. Let me say it this way. He found someone, and that was God. He realized God is sovereign. In, in the affairs of man, in, in Solomon's own life. So in, look at the word again in verse 15. He says, then I commended mirth. The, the word there, mirth, basically means to, to, to kind of laugh about it. You know, in other words, uh, I, I don't get it. I don't have all the answers, but guess what? I'm not going to be shook up about it because God's sovereign. God's in control. And, and literally what Solomon is saying is he kind of smiles, he laughs, and then he says to God, okay, God, you win. You're in control. It's not my life. You gave it to me. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to uh, surrender to what you're trying to do in my life because God is the one that holds all the answers. Look at Romans 11. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Job said, which doeth great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. Folks, look, we too need to accept that only God has all the answers. And He does. Look, I take great comfort in the fact that at least someone has the answers, and the one that I want to have the answers 
is the one that truly does have the answers. God has all the answers, and that's what he's saying here, is we need to just surrender to God, enjoy the life that God has given to us. And look, go back to the first verse of this chapter, look at it again. It says here, who is as the wise man? That's the question. That's how he starts this. By the way, God's word is given in thought patterns. That's how he starts this chapter. There were no chapter breaks when God gave his word. But again, because of the structure of it, he starts this portion with, Who is the wise man? Who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. He's saying that a, a wise man understands that he's not wise enough. And sometimes you just have to realize that. I don't know it all. Solomon was a man that had been given some wisdom. But look what the Bible says in Proverbs 26. Seeth thou a man wise in his own conceit, there is more hope of a fool than of him. See, the moment that we surrender, uh, the moment of surrender, oftentimes we need to see that we need to rest in Jesus. If we're not resting in Jesus, we're wrestling with Jesus. Remember, we're either contented or we're contending. We need to find that rest. That's what Solomon's writing about in chapter 8. He says, look, I found that rest. I, I came to the place where I had mirth in my life because I realized God's sovereign. God knows all the answers. I don't need to know them. Look what Isaiah said in chapter 46. Remember the former things of old, for I am God. There is none else. I am God. There is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my what? All my pleasure. God says, look, I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm so glad God doesn't consult me. <laughs> I'm glad God's going to do what God wants to do. And if you want to find relief, if you want to find rest, comfort, and peace in your life from this inner turmoil, then what you need to do is come to the place that Solomon did and just say this, God, you win. You're in control. I'm taking my hands off of my life. Uh, you know, so look, folks, it's, it, as I wrote there, it's decision time. This whole uh, Wednesday night Bible study is all about making courageous, bold decisions. And here's the decision that, that I'm just kind of presenting to you tonight. I'm not going to make you do it. But I think every one of us need to get to the place. Look here, you may not have a nice flag like I got. But there's some things that you need to just say to God, I'm just going to surrender that, Lord. I don't get it. I don't understand. Uh, you know, look, we could, we could stay up all night and worry about Las Vegas. You're never going to figure it out. Uh, there's, there's detectives and police and all kinds of people. They can't find notes. They can't find anything. And maybe they will. But honestly, they'll never know what was in that man's heart. But we know this, that God knows the beginning from the end. And it's decision time. It says here, and I, again, I just jotted some things down. It's a good thing to surrender to the sovereignty of God. Lord, you win. You're in control of my life, and I'm not. I accept this gladly, and I trust that you are doing right, what you're doing right now in my life. I see your control as something to rest in rather than something to resist. And I just kind of caught that from Solomon. You know, Lord, I don't want to fight you on this thing. I just want to let you have control, all right? Well, I hope that's what you want for your life. Let's pray tonight. Lord, thank you so much for the good God that you are. Lord, I thank you for how you, you lead in our lives. And many times when we don't understand what's going on,
Lord, we can take great comfort and find peace and rest in the fact that you know all things. You know the beginning from the end. And I'm glad that you allowed Solomon to write these words to help us, to encourage us that sometimes there's things that we need to just let go of. We need to just surrender. Many times we try to control our lives. We want to be sovereign in our own lives. But Lord, we know that when we do that, we make big mistakes. Now, Lord, help us tonight to have learned something from the Word of God and to take it with us everywhere we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.